Welcome to an African Millennial Podcast, where we come to learn, grow, and be inspired. And I'm your host, Vanessa Kimoro. Thank you for joining in and coming together to have real and authentic conversations on life, love, work, and everything in between. Let's get into it. Hi, Steph. How are you? Hi, Vanessa. Good, how are you? Good. It's so nice catching up. I mean, we've known each other since school. We have. Yeah. It's been how many years? (laughs) So many years. So much has happened, right? A lot, for sure. Growing up. (laughs) Growing up. And you've done so well. Um, You're now doing pediatrics, right? Yeah, thank you. Mm. I've done well, but <laughs> I'm I'm currently in yes, I'm currently in school uh, to become a pediatrician, mm-hmm. and that's coming back after doing your undergrad to become a general practitioner. So that's a general doctor, and then we practice for a bit and come back to school to specialize. So I'm specializing in in medicine for children, and that's what they call pedia pediatrics. That's that's really cool. I always thought, I mean, with your personality, well, maybe some of the listeners may not know you, but Steph has always been a very bubbly person, very kind. So I'm not surprised that this is your place. I, I think I'd trust my child with you. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Please bring them all. <laughs> I think there's some pediatricians who are so hard faced. You're like, what? Are you are you are you good for children? <laughs> They're really good for children. <laughs> I've, I've learned that different personalities are so essential uh, in every in everything we do. So many times those guys who are quiet and, and very strict and serious, they have some strengths that even someone like I can't wait to learn from them. Is so it? it's good that we're all different. Yeah, thank mm. you so much for catching up with me on this call. And you shared something very interesting last week on uh, Instagram. It was in your Instagram stories and it was about how do you talk to your child about bullying? And then I think we got talking because we were like, okay, we never, do we ever really talk about bullying around us? Like um, when we look back at school, I don't know if there was really hardcore bullying, you'd call it, but there were incidences, you know, a few things here and there. And I just wanted to just get from you, how is your experience of it as a parent? And when you look back, was there any time you felt bullied? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Even what brought it up was that I had seen my girl being treated unfairly by the children in the playground, which if you hear from parents, it happens more often than we no and Mm. if you're not mm, mentally prepared sometimes it can take you a bit differently if or it can take you it it can be hard on you especially if you've experienced bullying before so that's what happened for me i saw that they were these two boys in the compound uh were not letting my girl ride her bicycle next to theirs 
they were following her all the way upstairs and almost just calling out her name at my front door. So they were not even afraid. They didn't want to hide it. It was open. It was in my face. And every time my girl would open the door to try and go outside and play again, they would cajole her and, and shout out her name. So I'd find her in a scenario where she's opening and closing the main door. And every time she opens the door, <coughs> the boys were just calling out her name to scare her so she could close the door and go back inside the house. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, what what did my daughter do? Mm. Why would these older boys be trying to exert their authority on her? And it just brought all these memories back. So that, that's actually what brought about the conversation <laughs> on bullying. Yeah, and I can empathize. I mean, being a parent, it's like, how do you go talk to those uh, young boys and teach them that that's not how you treat other children and should be more accommodative and and that's a, a I guess a conversation also with their parents in terms of how are you teaching your kids to engage other people and make other people feel like they belong and it's something about values from the home I think but you were talking about being triggered uh taking you back to when you were younger and how was that for you yeah so as a kid okay i'm the first born in my house and my brother is a close second the year the difference is one year and nine months there's actually a time in the year when he turns a year older our age difference is just a year so like for instance an example is like what last year when i was 27 in November, he was turning 26. That's how close we are. So at November, in November, we were both like just one year apart in age. Mm. And um, that age difference, um, many people would think would result in a close relationship. But we had a bit of sibling competition. Maybe not even rivalry, but competition between the two of us. Because I think... Growing up, I interpreted it as him being more socially acceptable as a child than I was because I went through um, a social some social exclusion because of the way I looked and I wasn't entirely as in-your-face confident, you know, as as the society seems to reward some children, yeah? So... If a child is talking and, and uh, you know, expressive and out there, you know, the society seems to be like, wow, wow, you know, your child is so bright, so interesting, so so engaging, you know. Um, but then if your child is a bit awkward and um, still trying to figure out their place in life, maybe a bit bigger than most, which is what happened for me I was was a bit of a chubby kid so I I found that being in my head a lot and children would point it out more often than usual and so I'd find that if we go outside to play people would want to play with my brother more and less with me and they would point it out at least I remembered that more bad things they would say than the good things so uh 
I my form of bullying was literally just picking out how I look and not inviting me to play with them. So that's social exclusion. And it's interesting because as a kid growing up, it helps to build maybe your idea or your image of your own self. Mm. It can, can become a prison that you have to unlock yourself out of eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Wow, social exclusion, it's silent, but it's a very painful experience. And it can leave you wondering if you are enough, right? But having to navigate and seeing who you are now, I'm trying to see how how have you navigated into coming into your own at this time? Because when you look back, and, and you know those things that we experience as children, there are things that can stay with us, right? Those traumas, um, and, and that's something that you can carry with. And how is that translating into the way you see your career, the way you see yourself, the way you see yourself as a parent, um, as a wife? How does that show up? Does it ever show up in uh, when you're parenting your child? Does it make you more sensitive towards them in terms of these things? Even as a partner, uh, how does that how does that kind of make you tune in into what is going on and and the fact that even this what happened to your daughter is was a trigger right it was like it took you back to that moment when you are feeling socially excluded and you thought that it was to do with the way you look you know how I'm wondering how you are able to do that and and how we can anyone going through that as well or has gone through it how can we be able to navigate that yeah yeah it's still a journey i've not reached anywhere <laughs> but i have i can mark my milestones i can mark my landmarks and i feel i'm definitely moving forward than backward you know um so because you see you can actually literally move backward there's some a tantrum going on sorry i'm hoping you can cut this part off <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> we know you're a mom and there's a lot going on <laughs> okay so in my life uh, i was saying that i don't think there's a place where I can say I've arrived. I've not arrived. It's a daily consciousness where I am very careful of my... I try and call out my triggers because you can easily spiral back, you know, into that small, helpless child. Mm. <laughs> but as a parent, how it has affected me as a partner, as a professional... I'd say that I have been able to become more of a likable person or become more of the vision I've wanted to become of myself because, one, I had people around me who believed in me. And that was really important. Now I can connect the dots backwards. But my dad would always tell me that I'm a beautiful girl. I don't think he knew even what was going on in the playground but for some reason, he would reassure me or tell me once in a while, wow, you know, you look good in that dress or 
wow, oh, you're so intelligent, or oh, I like the way you think. And it's so important to have something to counteract all the bad things that other people tell you out there. Or even you even start telling yourself because of what is going on in life. So that was very important. Another thing, connecting the dots backwards again, is my teach is I, I got to sing a lot. I loved music and it helped me to know that I'm good at something and there's a club that I belong to. So I, I everyone had their strengths, but for me, mine was singing. <laughs> I remember singing. you could sing really well, like really, really well. That it builds your confidence when you're good at something. And two things that have stood out to me as you've just talked is one, the people around you. And two, finding something that you're actually good at so that it builds that confidence. And I remember when you are, when you had posted that story on the, uh, that Insta story and you are like, how can one be able to talk to their child or how do you protect your child from this? And it's the same exact thing you've talked about, right? Um, ah. Yeah, for your daughter. Are you the one who's speaking into her life like... She's the most amazing person. So even if they're these young kids who are disturbing her head, <laughs> you know, um, is she still, you know, able to believe in herself and her worth? <clears throat> and what is it that she's really good at? Like, what do you see your daughter is really good at? And, and maybe encouraging her towards, you know, pursuing that and seeing how the confidence comes out for it. And I really do agree with you. Um, because even for me, um, where I'm strong is public speaking, right? Um, but it, it had to take trials and errors, uh, to get to a place where I'm comfortable. But when I'm on a stage, I feel okay, right? Um, but coming from a place, I think in school as well, I think I mentioned to you, I, I did struggle with a bit of self, uh, self-esteem and that came with many things, um, Sometimes social exclusion, sometimes, you know, a perception of who you are and things like that. And, you know, I guess kids can be, can be interesting. Um, I wouldn't say it was like big, like there was something big that happened. I can't say it was bullied, but um, that does happen when people, you know, who's cool, who's not cool, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and we all just want to fit in. I've seen as I've seen many of these memes or or pictures, you know, that just try to remind you who you are. As if uh, they say, like, you know, whatever people say doesn't matter. Live your life. I think it it reasons, but also as a human, you cannot take away the need to want to belong. Mm. And so you can. There's there's a push for people to uh, to tell guys that you should independently. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter whether you belong. It doesn't matter whether you're included. But I was reading some of you know Brené Brown's you know books. Yes. I can't say I finished them. Yes. <laughs> but watching her talks and everything, mm. and she says how she noted that there's a very clear link between happiness and somebody being involved in a society. 
that man really truly is not an island. And so because she's a social, she's a sociologist, I think, or she has uh, specialized in some social kind of science. And she has very clearly the link between being a human and needing to be included. And that's why bullying can have such a strong impact, even if it's subtle from like what you are saying, uh, when you, for some reason, you're not part of that group. You're not fitting in. Yeah. You're not fitting in. You feel the need to be cool. You feel the need to, ah, fine. Okay. What do I need to do so that I can get this, uh, this, this, so I can be part of the group so I can be in that sleepover yes <laughs> you know, so that I can be invited to that party so that <laughs> yeah I can be part of this networking community and in the office even so that I can be included in the conversations or have someone to talk to at lunch yes mm. That's that. That's very true. And and mm. yeah, I will say any experience you're going to, whether you're going to a new working place, or going into, uh, or even just starting a family, <clears throat> yeah, like I'm sure, like uh, f- with your in-laws, you know, finding your footing, having that sense of belonging, building that relationship. That's also yeah, yeah. sense of belonging, isn't it? Um, with friends, we've had friends and seasons keep changing. And I guess you, you find friends who your values resonate with each other. But we are constantly trying to look for some sort of uh, society, like you said, that we can be part of. How can we culture our children to become individualist in that sense, where as they grow even if life will throw them things or they're in situations where people make them doubt themselves that they can be able to navigate and still find that sense of belonging wherever there is. Because your daughter will grow, right? She will go to a different school. She will go to a high school. She'll go to campus. And in all of those situations, she will need to find a sense of belonging. So how is it that as she grows, she doesn't carry what she experienced now as a child, to define her and expound herself, right? Um, and and that's a conversation for, I think, a lot of Kenyan households or just households in general in terms of are we present for our children? Are we present for people around us, for them to feel validated so that they don't have to go out there and get the validation, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm still figuring it out. I'm learning as being a parent, then there's no amount of parenting books that can show you how to do it. Like we were talking about, you can go through trainings and get all the advice, but in the end, experience is yours and it's always unique to you. So you find a philosophy that works for you. What I would say is that with children i am learning that i will want to keep them from all the pain in the entire world but will that make them capable of facing challenges in life so one advice i keep reminding myself is that i should not try and take all the pain away from my child i should allow her I should allow her to come up with I should allow her to experience 
what life has to offer, both the good and the bad, and then help her to cultivate and develop strengths, so that that way she has tools to go through life. So, for instance, when she goes to school, I'll drop her and I'll leave. I'll go to work and she'll have to play with the kids, learn with the other children and everything. I've been advised to be open to her when she comes in the evening, ask her what what games did she play, who did she play with, literally interact with her in that sense and ask her, you know, how how do you feel about this scenario? How do you feel about that scenario? And help her to understand what she should take and what she shouldn't take. But for me to want to cut her off of school because of what she's going through, that might not be very beneficial to her. Another thing I was told is that I should hold hands with the other people involved in her experience. So if I hear something is going on in school or at church or at the playground at home, then I should hold hands with the teachers, the security guards at home, the Sunday school teacher, you know, and let them know what's going on so that she develops her, she has someone she can go to when something has gone wrong uh, and she's been treated unfairly and she knows how to first stand up for herself. So you see those skills mm-hmm. are being taught by staying open to her experiences and not pulling her out of the experiences, which I think is the hardest thing. That's <laughs> so I true. Want to pull her out. There's so much wisdom in that, in what you're saying, because you need to be able to prepare someone um, for life, right? You can't just always make it yeah. nice and perfect and <laughs> like everything is so easy. Um, but as a parent, you really want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure as a parent, you really want to. Um, but that's really important. And another thing that I've heard from you is, is basically having the validation from at home. So I guess how you, how you prepare her, how you speak into her, right? Because parents are the first people that tell you who you are or give you that sense of belonging, uh, both a father and a mother, right? And, and I think those relationships are very pivotal in terms of developing, a child's confidence, right? The whole sure. world can can have issues, but your mom and your dad <laughs> or or a mother figure or a father figure, you know, because there's situations where sometimes that that may not be there. Yeah. 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 Um, that there's someone to give you that validation, that sense of identity um, and that confidence uh, so that you don't go and look for it in other ways. Especially in toddlerhood, but I also know that later on, when you're a teenager, your child no longer wants to look cool to their parents. They want to look cool out there. Mm. So that means that we're supposed to try and find role models or, you know, close aunties or uh, a teacher that they like, somebody yes. else, because they're going to look for validation out there yes. so they might want to share more with that person and the reason I mention it is because there was also an incident in South Africa where a teenager 15 years old uh, was cornered by two other people and a crowd uh, 
where they wanted they actually physically surrounded her and one of them slapped her deadly as other people were recording and cheering That's on mean. the person who was beating yeah. the 15 year old girl yeah and i wish the story ended there but she went home and took a bottle of pills and she actually died yeah so the whole country was mourning her but it was and too late <laughs> It was it was too late. It was too late. Mm. And so everyone was asked so on top of just being at home and supporting your children we have to be a bit more proactive where we actually have an anti-bullying policy we are uh, engaging the teachers we are sharing the responsibility so that is not just pointing fingers at the end of the day but For instance these days they say if you're recruiting or enrolling at the point where children are coming in you have the parents and the child sign an anti-bullying policy uh, you teach actively the children what they're supposed to look out for and to be able to name or call out bullying when it is happening yeah and create a system for people to say when bullying is happening and what the consequences are going to be they need to be stipulated from the very beginning mm. so that is more of a proactive way of dealing with bullying mm. because you know if we know that even as adults we still experience it in the workplace and oh, all that yeah. but when we, we down <laughs> it's just that now we are grown now we'll be like excuse you like where's your mood from please deal with yourself first <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel like I'm that type. I'm like <laughs> I'm like that type. I'm like you're having a tantrum. Can you just figure yourself out and then we can we can move forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's safe guards you wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it's true and also I think culturally we don't talk about it enough, right? Um because there are extreme cases of bullying in schools or uh, boarding schools and things like that and it's how it's the way you are saying how have you prepared your child to navigate those things you know how do you make them a bit street smart in terms of how to deal with a bully so like in situations where the bully is bigger or stronger like how how can you be able to you know use your brain <laughs> to and mind to navigate a way of dealing with someone like that right um and yeah. having policies against it and having anonymous um you know like those boxes where people report things so that these these children these people who grow into adults are held accountable because they will come into society they will have children themselves right and we don't want to repeat the same traumas yeah, yeah. true because they say it's that cycle that forms bullies in the first place you know you're being raised by a bully uh who sometimes you can you know have someone your father your mother the one who's supposed to be there for you is actually bullying you and mm. the way you had to accustom yourself was by bullying as well so if we had a grand plan uh we would believe in a time you know the the song that says imagine you know imagine there's no sorrow imagine imagine so if we were to imagine a life without bullying we'd have to start from the children and go to the parents and 
realize it's a cycle and the reason the way it's going to end is by stopping that cycle in all ways not just look at children but also look at adults mm because ha- yeah because hurt yeah. hurt people hurt people right um yeah. there's always a reason i think someone's actions yeah. are just a symptom someone being mean someone being cold someone you know just just uh, out of control right we look a yeah. lot at the symptoms like this person is angry this person is mean this person is you know but what is driving it do they have an inferiority complex do they have a superiority complex do they is there something going on in the home you know that makes them feel yeah. that now they need to have some sort of power when they go into a school um you know what are all these things um and as adults we need to be responsible right and and kind of do community parenting the way our parents used to do in a way i mean it's less of it now um but look out for other, your friends children look out for your cousins children and be like you know what I kind of also prepare them and nurture them um so that they feel like you, the way you are saying that there's a community around them yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. That's what is we were saying, I think we were both telling one another that we can go on and on and talk about this. <laughs> yeah. For the longest um because it has such far-reaching consequences. Mm. Many people can say we are even bullied collectively by our politicians. <laughs> <laughs> And people make jokes about the 844 culture. Oh, the 844 culture. I'm like, it made us too competitive <laughs> to the point where it's a, it's a yeah. me thing, right? It's, it's about yeah. me. It's not about a collective thing. It's not about teamwork. It's about I need to shine. I need to be the one with the grade. I need to be, you know, um, which is not what you need in the world. You actually need to be, you actually need to be, um teamwork oriented because that's how the world functions mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah and you need to for those of us who are taught to say yes ma'am no ma'am or uh to accept beatings for anything from our teachers you know whether they found out that we had done what they were accusing us of or not you know that yes ma'am no ma'am thing It followed mm. many of us to med school, for instance, and we'd find our uh, lecturers kind of compare us to other med students in other countries. And they'd say, why don't you guys speak up as often as these other students from the States, for instance, you know, they're, they're not worried. They say what they think and they whether the answer is wrong or right. But here... <laughs> If you ask a question in the ward, <laughs> you know, you, you, we end up being a bit quiet and appearing docile. Yeah. Sometimes they, they ask us, is it the education system you're from, you know, where you're punished for having a, Questions. an idea that is different. different. Yeah. That is uh-huh. so true. <laughs> we don't, we don't, um, Uh, I mean, now the system has changed, but we don't appreciate different opinions as much. Um, and that doesn't prepare you well for life. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's good because once we're aware of them, once we call them out, 
I see that we change and we make things better for those coming after us. So now I think I'm definitely seeing more confident children, even when they come to the clinic. I'm seeing more assertive parents. Mm. I'm seeing, you know, people are starting to demand, even on Kenyans of Twitter, you know. Yeah, KOT. <laughs> That's not coming. <laughs> Almost now they're bullies. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be stepped on anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why this conversation is good. And the fact that um, these people, I think maybe my hope for anyone who's listening is that they realize their responsibility for where they are to to stop bullying and to build confidence in whichever teams, in whichever families, and whichever circumstances they find themselves in, instead mm. of just pointing fingers to now get engaged and ask, what can I do? What, where can I go? And maybe if if people are even open to it, we can come together and, you know, develop policies for school or policies for the workplace. And these are things that need to be done. So... Yeah, it's that fire I'm hoping that people are are hearing in their bellies right now that will help them to do something, especially if they have been hurt before. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Steph, for this conversation. And it's hopefully it's the start of a lot of thinking that we are intentional as as we raise our children. I don't have uh, them yet, but even for me, um, it's a lesson learned that uh, we need to be able to prepare our kids for the future, but also uh, start creating a community um, yeah. that cares for how other how children are treated because these are traumas that grow, and we need to be able to have better adults in society. Yeah, and mm. never disqualify yourself because you don't have kids. You have such an important influence in the kids around you your friend's kids, your 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 brother's kids, if you were ever to have any, you have an influence over the children in your circle. So, And oh. that really matters a lot. Oh, it thank really you. matters. Not everything. <laughs> thank you so much, Steph. All right. Thank you so much for asking me to come in today. As oh, well. We've had such a great conversation and I hope it's meaningful that anyone out there if you're having um, your child being bullied or you've had trauma, um, the first thing is to have that place of community or that those people around you that speak life into you, that validate you so that when you go out into the world, you don't feel like you're not enough, right? That you are enough, no matter what others say. And even if we still have that sense of belonging, but to still have a sense of identity, right? So thank you so much for that, Steph. And thanks, Vanessa. I, I wish you all the best as you continue pursuing your career. I believe you'll make an amazing pediatrician. Thank you, Vanessa. And I enjoy your podcast, your podcast and all the episodes. So please keep doing what you're doing as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening in today. And remember, you can be able to catch an African Millennial podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and CastBox. Until next time, see you.